Section 23 of The Book of Wales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mike Botez. The Book of Wales by Frank Evers Bedard. Chapter 10, Part 4. The genus Globicephalus has seven to twelve teeth on each side, confined to anterior region. Vertebrae C7, D11, L11 to 14, C27 to 29 equals 58 or 59. Six of the ribs are two-headed. Skull raised into a very long prominence behind blowhole. Pterygoids large and in contact. Pectoral fin long and falcate. Dorsal fin moderately so. The number of phalanges is 1, 3 to 4, 2, 9 to 14, 3, 9 to 11, 4, 2 to 3, 5, 1 to 2. No beak. Very broad premaxillae and rostrum generally. The best known and most widely distributed species is Globicephalus melas, trail. Plate 19. The color of the whale is black, save for a white area on breast. Teeth 10. Pterygoids not greatly wider in front than behind. This species has an extremely wide range. It is common in the northern seas and specimens indistinguishable from those of British waters have been received from New Zealand and the Cape. In a specimen at the British Museum, without epiphysis, there were six cervical vertebrae fused and only one free. In a younger individual, only five were fused. This example is one of many which shows how careful it is necessary to be in using the number of vertebrae of the neck which are fused as a character. Of the eleven ribs, six have two heads. There are fourteen lumbars and twenty-two caudals. In the older specimen, there are altogether 41 lumbocaudals. The phalanges in digits 2 and 3 of the embryo may reach so high a number as 27 and 12 respectively. The formation therefore of a species G. propincus malm upon a fetus with a greater number of phalanges than the adult G. melas is not permissible. The fetus has a few hairs, four or five. All of the seven following names are to be looked upon as synonyms. Globicephalus svineval, gray, 
G. affinis, I.D. G. edwardsi, Smith. G. incrassatus, Gray. Delphinus intermedius, Harlan. D. deductor, Scoresby. D. globiceps, Cuvier. This whale has been largely fished in the Faroe Islands. Mr. H. C. Muller, a native of those islands, has recently gone into the matter and collected a large amount of information, which is here partly abstracted. It appears that the earliest date concerning the appearance of these whales was in the year 1584. This animal is spoken of as Grindeval, a herd being termed Grind, which signifies lattice work. Its application to the whales is apparently the placing of a line of boats across the mouth of a bay where a herd of the cetaceans has run toward the shore. The result of the fisheries have fluctuated much in the period of years from the date already mentioned. The whales are hunted and captured in the following manner. When a herd is discovered, a piece of garment is hoisted from the mast of the boat. The inhabitants then rush to their boats and, drawing together, shape a half-circle round the herd. Stones are thrown into the water, by means of which the herd may be driven in any direction. They are then driven inshore to a whale vow, which is a bay with a level sloping bottom of mud or sand, preferably loose, so that the water becomes muddy and the whales cannot see their way. When the herd has arrived at the mouth of this bay, the boats arrange themselves in three lines, so that if one is broken through, the animals may be driven back by the second, and so on. The whales are then killed with lances. The value of an average whale is three pounds, seven shillings, six d, of which the oil, one barrel full, is estimated at forty-five shillings. The meat is dried or pickled, and the stomach is dried and made into boys. Globicephalus scamoni of Cope has a length of 15 feet some inches. Color entirely black. Teeth 8. Pterygoids closely approximated and closely addressed. Intermaxillae not projecting over margins of maxillae. This species, which inhabits the North Pacific, is said by Scammon to be generally found wherever sperm whales resort. Probably this is due to their feeding on the same kind of food as their gigantic relatives, to wit, squid. The fish goes in schools from ten up to hundreds, 
which sometimes move rapidly and occasionally lie closely huddled together at the surface. It seems to be necessary to state that this whale is called blackfish, for so many whales are called by this exceedingly obvious name. It is not considered a prize by whalers, for its oil is not abundant. Globicephalus brachypterus, also of cope, is in color entirely black. Teeth, eight. Premaxillae, greatly expanded anteriorly, covering maxillae. This Atlantic species is of the form and size of the Ka Ing whale. It may show a difference in the number of lumbar vertebrae, which are stated at 11. But the commencement of the caudal series, being marked by the first chevron, which bones are very apt to be lost, it is a little difficult to be certain upon this point. The total number of vertebrae is given at 57, one or two less than the numbers ascertained for G. melas. Other reputed species are G. Siboldi, which in Schlegel's drawing has a very different aspect from G. melas, being of a more slender build with a very falcate dorsal fin. G. macrorhynchus of grey and of unknown locality and unknown form. What is known about it is the skull. Globicephalus indicus of blith is allowed by Blanford as a distinct form. It has six to seven teeth on each side above and seven to eight below. The premaxillae are broad and entirely cover maxilla. Its color is a uniform leaden black. The length is 14 feet 2 inches. The animal goes in shoals and frequents the Gangetic Delta. The genus Tursio must be carefully distinguished from Tursiops. Its characters are beak distinct, no dorsal fin, teeth small and numerous, 44, pterygoids separate. It is a pity that the name Tursio antedates Leucoramphus, since Tursio is so evidently suggestive of Tursiops, to which genus the present is not so nearly allied as it is to Prodelphinus. The name of right whale porpoise has been applied to the dolphins of this genus on account, of course, of the absence of the dorsal fin. The northern T. borealis seems to be only distinguishable from the southern T. peroni by its slightly different coloration. This does not appear to be a sufficient reason for separating them. But the matter will not be decided here. The species Peroni has a wide range and is black above and white beneath, the colors joining abruptly. 
It is southern in range, Antarctic in fact, though ranging as far north as New Guinea. The genus Grampus, plate 20, has no teeth in upper jaw, but three to seven on each side of the mandible, near to the synthesis. Vertebrae C7, D12, L19, CA30 equals 68. Six or seven pairs of ribs, two-headed. Five pairs, sometimes seven, reach the sternum. Skull with pterygoids in contact. Premaxillae in front of nares, raised. No beak. Pectoral fin, long, pointed, falcate. Dorsal fin, high, and falcate. Number of phalanges, 1, 2, 2, 8 to 10, 3, 6 to 8, 4, 3, 5, 1. In the vertebral column, only the seventh vertebra of the cervical series appears to remain free. The only species is Grampus griseus, Cuvier. D. Risoanus Desmarais, Grampus Cuvieri, Gray, G. Soverbianus, Fisher, G. Sacamata, Gray, G. Sternzi, Dal, G. Kinensis, Gray, are believed really to refer to the same whale. This dolphin, often called resource dolphin is mainly mediterranean and north atlantic in range but like so many other cetaceans its limits are not very fixed and a skull conceivably belonging to a different species has been recorded from the cape it may return to those more southern latitudes during the winter resource dolphin is from 10 to 13 feet in length and is distinguished by its very remarkable coloration. The prevalent tint is gray, varying on the fins and tail to black and to white on the belly. This white has a yellowish tinge anteriorly, but the curious feature of the coloration is a series of irregular light streaks and spots suggestive of scraping upon wet paint. In a younger individual, the sides were marked with six regular transverse stripes. This animal, only six feet in length, had eight whitish bristles on each side of the upper lip. This is not by any means a common cetacean. Only a dozen records of its capture upon the English and French coasts are extant. It feeds upon cuttlefish and is gregarious. The genus Orca, plate 21, has 10 to 13 teeth, large with recurved crowns. Pterygoids not quite meeting. Vertebrae C7, D11 to 12. L10, CA12, 
23 equals 51 or 52. First two or three cervicals fused. The first seven ribs are two-headed. Five reach the sternum. Dorsal fin large and pointed. The killer whales, Tyrannus balenarum, Formidabilis balenarum hostis, sometimes called Grampus, are the largest among the Delphinidae, reaching a length of 20 to 30 feet. They are powerful, rapacious animals, and are the only whales that feed upon their own kind and upon large prey. It is perhaps not necessary to believe with an old writer that a killer has been seen with a seal under each flipper, a third tucked away under the dorsal fin, and a fourth in the mouth. But it is stated by Eschricht that from the stomach of one of these fierce whales, no less than thirteen porpoises and fourteen seals were extracted. Scammon relates how they may sometimes be seen peering above the surface with a seal in their bristling jaws, shaking and crushing their victims, apparently with great gusto, and swallowing them. A party of killers will also assault the largest whales. Scammon related an attack of this nature upon a California gray whale, which he witnessed. They made alternate assaults upon the old whale and her offspring, finally killing the latter, which sank to the bottom, where the water was five fathoms deep. During the struggle, the mother became nearly exhausted, having received several deep wounds about the throat and lips. As soon as their prize had settled to the bottom, the three orcas descended, bringing up large pieces of flesh in their mouths, which they devoured after coming to the surface. The ferocity, or at any rate the boldness of this predaceous cetacean, is also attested to by His Highness the Prince of Monaco. Two years ago, the prince writes, I chased a school of three of these just off the Monaco rock, and very soon one was struck by my whaler's harpoon. While it was ending with violent struggles, the two others came alongside the whale boat and seemed willing to fight for their companion. They swarm round and round sometimes so close that the men touched their enormous backs with their hands. It has been said that the long and pointed dorsal fin is used for aggressive purpose to rip up the belly of a whale. The Honorable Paul Dudley thus describes the attacks of the killers upon whalebone whales. They go in company by dozens and set up a young whale, and will bait him like so many bulldogs. Some will lay hold of his tail to keep him from threshing, while others lay hold of his head and bite and thresh him, 
till the poor creature, being thus heated, lolls out his tongue, and then some of the killers catch hold of his lips and, if possible, of his tongue, and after they have killed him they chiefly feed upon the tongue and head, but when he begins to putrefy they leave him. This killer is doubtless the orca that Dr. Frangiu describes in his treatise of animals. His words are these. When an orca pursues a whale, the latter makes a terrible bellowing, like a bull when bitten by a dog. These killers are of such strength that when several boats together have been towing a dead whale, one of them has come and fastened his teeth in her and carried her away down to the bottom in an instant. In more northern regions, the orca pursues the white whale and the walrus. Not indeed the adult walrus, whose strong tusks may be supposed to be a sufficient protection. It is the young that the killer hunts. The cub will mount upon its mother's back for refuge, clinging to it with instinctive solicitude. When, in this apparently safe position, the rapacious worker quickly dives, and coming up under the parent animal with a spiteful thud, throws the young one from the dams back into the water, when, in a twinkling, it is seized, and with one crush devoured by its enemy. These observations refer to the killer whales in general. A large number of different species have been described, or at least named. But, observes Sir W. Flower, their specific differential characters, if any, have never been clearly defined. We shall not, therefore, attempt any discrimination of species. These have been partly founded upon the varying length of the dorsal fin and upon the color, which is black, more or less, pervaded with the white blotches, yellow in V. Benedon's figure. The typical orca gladiator has much white about the body, and an excellent model of this cetacean, agreeing with Mr. True's figure of this whale, has been set up in the Natural History Museum at South Kensington. It is a whale that has been frequently met with upon our shores, and a few years since a herd of three ascended the Thames for some distance. It occurs also in all parts of the world. It is quite possible that there are several species of this genus, but probably the bulk of the dozen or so of species allowed by Dr. Gray have no existence save in his and in other catalogues. It is probable, according to F. Cuvier, that this whale is the Ares marinus of the ancients, possibly the horrible sea satire of Edmund Spencer, for the white marks on the head 
might be fancifully interpreted as closely adpressed horns. The genus Pseudorca is thus definable, teeth 8 to 10, much like those of Orca. Rostral portion of premaxillae, broader than in Orca. Vertebral formula, C7, D10, L9, CA24 equals 50. Six or all cervicals united. Six ribs, two-headed. Dorsal fin, rather small, falcate. There is but a single recognized species, which is Pseudorca crassidens, Owen. This whale reaches a length of about 14 feet. It was originally described from a skull found in the Lincolnshire fens, and was naturally supposed to be an extinct species. But afterwards it was discovered to live in the North Sea, and a species at first regarded as distinct, P.S. meridionalis, was received from Tasmanian seas. The whale is scarce, and there is not very much to be said about it. It is not precisely evident why systematists have thought fit to remove it from the genus Orca, to which it is clearly very closely allied. The genus Orcella is thus characterized. Teeth 14 to 19, small, sharp. Pterygoids widely separate. Rostral position of premaxillae broad. Vertebral formula, D14, L14, C26 equals 61. Seven ribs, two-headed, five rich sternum. No beak, dorsal fin small, falcate. Of this genus, there is really but one species, Orcella brevirostris, Owen. Head convex anteriorly, pectoral fins triangular, dorsal fin small, falcate. The present species is a partly freshwater form and occurs in the Irrawaddy, three to nine hundred miles from the sea. It is also marine. I unite the two species which True regards as separate on the authority of Mr. Thomas, who has recently examined the material. The genus Sagmatias has the premaxillae elevated into a crest in front of nostrils. Pterygoids short, scarcely or not at all touching. Teeth small, 32. Of this genus, but a single species, S. amblodon, is known and that only, as will be observed from the definition, from a single skull described by the late Professor Cope. But the singular crest formed by the elevation of the premaxillae is a character which seems to be in the present state of our knowledge of generic value. It is, however, met with in Phocena, 
the genus Pheresa need hardly detain us long. It is only known from two skulls with 10 to 12 teeth in each half of each jaw, both assigned now to the same species, F. intermedia. One was described as F. attenuata. Sir W. Flower describes it as a connecting link between Globiceps, Grampus, and Lagenorhynchus. It must not be confounded with a very doubtful Delphinus feres of Bonater, which has been variously interpreted as an orca or as a Ziphyid. End of section 23. Recording by Mike Botez.